Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Planet Film Network. One second. <coughs> Actually, it looks like uh, we have no audio. Great. So that's nice. Stream output. Hello. How did that happen? You talk for a second? Hello, testing. One, two, three. Okay. We might be good. That was very weird. Okay. I think we might be good. Uh, let us know if there's any audio issues. But welcome back to the Planet Film Network. I am one of your hosts, Sean Monk. I'm your other host, TJ Cornwell. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different things tonight. we got some uh, some news that just dropped about half an hour ago. Really mm -hmm. into Comic-Con. Uh, talking Secret Invasion, uh, maybe some predictions for that, which is dropping uh, tonight. And then, you know, we're going to get some some movie thoughts. You know, Sean's seen The Flash, so he can let us know how that was. I, unfortunately, didn't get to see it this weekend. Did not get a chance to. But first, I think we're going to start off with, uh, obviously, what we've been watching, as we do every week. But also, mm -hmm. a little, I, I, Sean called it show and tell. I haven't called it that since I was in, like, kindergarten, probably. But there we go. I will go first real quick. Get uh, it. So, I got this, uh, as you, I said last week, we're going to Disney in September. I spent $40 on this band, uh, so this cool little I gotta say, uh, that's more quality band. than I thought it would be. Yeah, it lights up, too. Hold on, let me get this off. So, like, you can connect it to, like, your uh, passes and everything, and you, like, mm -hmm. you know, you shine it on the thing when you walk in, you give them your fingerprint and that whole thing, and then... Yeah, I guess that's a new thing. I've been there in a while. It would also it's also connected to your card, so you can pay with it if you want, uh, oh, and then shit. you can interact with things around like the park too. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're parks. Let's see, it lights up, and then like it'll do like different, like oh, depending awesome. on like shows or stuff like Fantasmic, uh, like it'll light up during the show and you know stuff like that, which is cool. So yeah, that's really cool. And then uh, other show and tell is I sliced my finger today. Oh. Uh, I was cutting a bagel and uh, just, you know, going through it. Should I should have had a – I usually do it with a towel underneath, like mm. a kitchen towel, so I protect my fingers. But it was, it was like, a day old, so it was kind of, like, hard. Yeah. So I was cutting it, and I, like – it, like, tur it like tur curved, basically. Oof. So when it, like, curved, I, like, hit my finger, and I was like, fucking hell. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. It's funny, too, because usually – I feel like usually when I, like – if I like hit myself with a knife or anything, I usually I, f I don't get like cut. Yeah, it's very weird. You've been like, lucky with it. I usually am very like very good at avoiding it, but it got me this time, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, I got a couple different things. Uh, a couple uh, late or later uh, belated birthday presents trickled in. So these are from uh, my mother, uh, fan of the show in the chat, Michelle. So because we watched The Flash together, she got me a Funko Pop from The Flash, which is a Funko Pop uh, character that I have not had yet. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about that. And that is, boom, General Whoa. Zod himself. Whoa. General Zod. There you go. Very, very cool. And then this, uh, <clears throat> eventually, because I will say, too, uh, got <clears throat> a lot of stuff that we needed for around the house as well we've had our mm -hmm. vacuum has been broken etc and we've got a new vacuum today from walmart so probably gonna try and uh, have people over at some point soon and i know you would be interested in this boom curb your mm. enthusiasm the board game 
or the card game. A pretty, pretty, pretty good party game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you could basically somebody puts down a situation and you have yeah. to defend why you did that. So the example is it says you cut oh. around a slow man with a walker to get to the bathroom first. And then you have to draw yellow cards to give a Larry excuse. Oh, okay. And ba- so <laughs> basically defend whoever defend yeah, the excuse. Yeah, really whoever cool. has the best uh Larry defense of why why he was right to do that uh wins the round. So it looks very, very, very fun. And it's you know, it's like a cards against humanity, so it's literally players three to nine. So you play with quite a bit of people. Uh but mm-hmm. yeah, so very, very cool. Excited to play that from uh, Spin Master Games. There you go. Uh, all right. So, do you want to go first, or do you want to trade off on uh, some of the stuff that we've been watching this week? I'll just go first real quick, you know. Uh, so, I, I've taken, like, a succession <clears throat> break these past few days. I'm currently on Season 4, Episode uh, 4. So, I just finished Episode 3, so Connor's I'm wedding. going on to 4. Okay. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think, you know, episode three, the aftermath, I think it just kind of got me. Yeah. So I kind of took a break where I was like, okay, this is a lot, you know, where it's a big character uh, now missing uh, mm-hmm. from the show. So in that free time, uh, I started the Arnold documentary. Arnold's oh, okay. Documentary. Uh, three episodes. I finished two of them. Still have to watch the last one. Uh, really good so far. <clears throat> and he's very front and center. You know, it's not like people like, you know, there's some people yeah. mixed in like, uh, uh, James Cameron's in it, Sylvester Stallone, a few other people are in it, uh, but it's mainly him telling his, you know, his kind of life as he lived it, uh, and then basically it goes like bodybuilding episode one, uh, actor episode two, and then government episode three. So I okay. have to watch the government that part, but uh, really good so far. So I rewatched Social Network uh, because we listened to that Cinephiles episode. Uh, and I re-listened to that episode on Saturday. Mm. Just a, a fantastic show. Or show, movie. Just yeah. a wonderful movie. What did you watch uh, it on? Is it on anything now? It's on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, so last I month think. it was not on anything, and I was very yeah. upset. Yes, because I remember trying to watch it. I was like, "There's nothing. it's not on anything. And then, I, to my surprise, the other day, I was like, oh, there it is. I still, I'm still trying to re-watch The Big Short, but that is not on anything. Mm-hmm. Which is very annoying. Uh, so yeah, Social Network, awesome. Uh, I watched Crazy Stupid Love, which I have never seen, um, but I've always seen like that GIF of like Ryan Gosling with his shirt off. And then I think a few weeks ago I saw the scene where like they all like kind of combined, and you see like, oh, this person's related to that person, and then like this, you know, the whole kind yeah. of fight breaks out and everything. It was pretty good. Uh, I didn't laugh as much as I wanted to. To me, it was more kind of just, it was kind of a fun, you know, a fun story that I'm sure was way better back in 2000, whatever it was, 8, yeah, 10. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a good time with it. Steve Rowe was really funny. Uh, Marissa Tomei was really funny. I thought her character was, that whole situation that she gets in with Steve Carell's character was, was great. Rewatched Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, fantastic Really? Movie. Yes. Fantastic film. Uh, yeah. You know. Can you feel the length a little bit? Yes. But other than that, you know, awesome. I need to rewatch Rogue Nation because I don't really remember, like, how we got to where we got to in Fallout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this guy. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the villain. But I was like, 
what happened in the last one? I was like, I remember him. He got caught in the box at yeah. the end. But then I was like, I don't remember how we got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to rewatch that. And then last night I watched Easy A for the first time. Never seen that before. Um, Stone Kick. Yes, yes. It seems that way. I didn't even realize. Another good movie. Again, I, it was probably better when it first came out in yeah. whatever it was, mid-2010s. Uh, or mid-2000s, I mean. Little uh, Lisa you Kudrow know, appearance. Yes, uh, Lisa Kudrow playing. I, I, it's it. I don't know if it's the way she speaks, but I'm like, that's just Phoebe from front. Like that's really just that. I, you know, I don't know if that's yeah. just the way how she talks, but um, I think it's a, a lot of people both. in that movie. A lot of people yeah. in this movie. Stanley Tucci, um, fantastic dad. That they were, they were my favorite part. That family was awesome. Yeah, they they just they made my my night watching them in that movie. Emma Stone was great. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, he was great. Yeah. And yeah, I, I laughed. You know, I really liked. Uh, I always forget her name, and Danielle is always like, a very "Oh yeah, Ali Mashaka uh, and a from very Ali young, and AJ." Uh, uh, Penn Badgley as well, right? Very young Penn Badgley. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ali Mashaka was in it, which oh, who I really yeah. liked as a kid from Ali mm-hmm. and AJ, and she was you know one of the Disney Channel people. Uh, but her character sucks in this movie. She is so annoying. Like it's very. <coughs> but yeah, pretty good movie. And yeah, that's that's what I've been watching lately. <laughs> awesome very uh wide i would say very wide uh range of things that you've been watching yeah uh for me i would say not so wide uh but i did see the flash uh which i'll get into mm-hmm. kind of on its own in a little bit here but uh the main movie that i watched this past week is uh officially restart or officially started the rewatch uh leading up to next week with the dial of destiny so I sat down and watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark before work yesterday, and mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, man, that movie is fantastic. So so good. Oh, yeah. Everything. Karen Allen, Harrison Ford, both of their chemistry together. Weirdly, you know, I always I feel like you're the same way with anybody who listens to the cinephiles or you know watches movie podcasts or just tries to be deeper about movies in general. Like I feel like when it comes time to rewatch movies, I try to like kind of like glom on to like a different part of it or like pay attention mm-hmm. to like a different corner of the movie type thing. And this one, I really uh, paid attention to uh, Belloc, like the other archaeologist that like is kind of like thwarting him. Um, mm-hmm. And like in the middle there, he's got kind of like a chance at redemption. Uh, and I and I really like the way that it's kind of like, even though he doesn't really, I, I get the feeling that he doesn't really care about having Marion like, He's always telling the Nazis, like, you know, I, I want the girl as part of my thing. But I think it's really just to, like, hurt Indiana more so than, like, mm-hmm. wanting Marion. And I feel like there's, like, kind of an interesting little arc in the middle of that movie. And then at the end of the movie, he just, his head uh, blows up. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he does not learn his lesson. But I, I really yeah. appreciated that this time watching it. And then obviously, like, John Reese davies Sala fantastic marcus brody everybody in it really really good movie just in case anybody's wondering about raiders of the lost ark really really good uh and then something that i'm actually excited to say i don't know how firm of a commitment i'm ready to make to this but i'm going to try and re-watch this stuff uh and do mm-hmm. uh a, just a quick short review video about each one of these on a second time rewatch. And that is, uh, I watched all of the brand new season of Black Mirror all in one sitting uh, the other day, which was a very 
insane and wild eight hours. But so we got six new Black Mirror episodes. Jonah's awful. Lock Henry. Maisie Day. Demon seventy nine, and Beyond the Sea. Uh, I am just gonna give you my quick overall thoughts here. Yeah, so I'm just going to give you my quick overall thoughts on season six of Black Mirror. I think uh, season, I believe season three was the first one that was released on Netflix. I can't remember if that was produced by Netflix or not, but then definitely seasons four, five, and six have all been released and produced by Netflix. And I will say, possibly controversial, I would have to rewatch it all, but I think this might be my favorite season produced by Netflix. And I know particularly Maisie Day and a little bit of Demon 79, people have been pushing back a little bit against it because I will say it does go a little more into the kind of classic supernatural elements, uh, a little more mm-hmm. so than previous Black Mirror has. Uh, one of the episodes in particular very much is just a straight up Uh, takes a complete bend into the supernatural rather than the technological stuff. And I know that people are kind of pushing against that. But I think Locke Henry, Joan is Awful, which obviously Joan is Awful is the one with Annie Murphy and Salva Hayek, and that's the one that is, you know, the it's episode one of the season. It's the one that's kind of blowing up on Twitter. Uh, When you see people Mm -hmm. talking about Black Mirror, it's usually the one that people have been talking about this week. But for my money, I think easily Locke Henry is the best episode of the season. I just, it really stuck with me, permeated my brain, broke my brain when the reveal happened because it's just one of those episodes that con- that just constantly is leading you up this road and then taking a twist on you. It's mm-hmm. like, it's making you feel like, oh, I know where this is going, and then no, you don't. And I think that that's happened, uh, that happens multiple times in that episode. Again, I do really, really love uh, Jonah's Awful. I thought that was a really, really strong episode. But I think one of the best episodes, uh, and probably my second favorite of this season, uh, is Beyond the Sea. And that's the episode with Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett. I thought everything you need in a Black Mirror episode was on display in this. Two incredible performances. Also, Kate Mara is really the third, obviously the third main actor in the episode. But really Mm -hmm. it's those three, but really primarily it's those two of Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul. And then if I really boil it down, it's, it's really uh, Aaron Paul's piece because there's, for certain story reasons, he's got a little more screen time than everybody else involved. And man, mm-hmm. if anybody doubted that Jesse Pinkman is the only character that he's capable of portraying in an incredible yeah. way, uh, you are wrong. Because, I mean, the emotions and the levels that this guy was getting to in this episode was incredible. One of the best endings to a Black Mirror episode I have ever seen. So yeah, I am going to try... And just as I rewatch them, because I wanted to watch them, get them all out of the way, but as I go through and rewatch them, I'm going to try just throw up a quick uh, two, three minute video of my thoughts uh, on each of the episodes. So hopefully up uh, throughout probably the next two weeks, two weeks or so, uh, I'll hope to get those up on the channel. But yeah, there's my thoughts uh, just quickly on season six of Black Mirror. Yeah, but have you uh, checked out Black Mirror at all? I, I can't remember where, you, I mean, it's been like four years since the last season, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I was just looking at uh, the episode or seasons now. I didn't realize we're up to season six. Like I've yeah. seen the one from uh, that looks like uh, Daniel Kaluuya did uh, mm. in season one. Yeah, <laughs> just scrolling through here. I watched the one with you with Jesse Plemons. Yep. Uh, which I don't forget what season that was. That was season uh, four, I, I believe. 
Yeah, I've seen a handful of them, but I've never been like uh, I'm gonna watch like every single one. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know Aaron Paul was that's what he was up to. So it's nice to see him, you know, do more get more work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he is uh without a doubt probably the strongest performance in the entire season. But, well, I wouldn't say probably. I think he is the strongest performance in the entire season. I I think easily beyond the sea is and it's basically if you or you and Danielle, you know, cuz it's an anthology show, so you can just pop in for whatever. Uh All I right. would take the time and watch Beyond the Sea cuz I mean it, it's really truly a three-act structure of a movie basically Mm -hmm. it's 80 minutes it's an hour and 20 minutes uh it's the longest of the season it's one of the longest episodes of black mirror ever uh and it really really earns and deserves and needs that runtime to kind of tell the story that's going on but it is really really fantastic so i would definitely if you're gonna watch one uh i would Mm -hmm. watch beyond the sea and then if and then if you like that then you know maybe go into like joan is awful because it's a little more like you know, a little more like tech oriented. And then if you really want to like break your brain, uh, I mm-hmm. t- take a look at lock Henry. I would, I would definitely recommend those. And then, but then, like I said too, I do think that Maisie day and demon 79 have some great moments in them as well. But I think, I think there's easily kind of the best three episodes. And then the other two are, are pretty good episodes of black. Mm-hmm. I would say I'll be right back. Bro. Okay. No problem. All right. So, Next up, uh, I have been watching, uh, like I said, I have been watching Black Mirror. Uh, I did watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, and I have been continuing to play Jedi Survivor. I just consistently keep coming back to that game over and over and over again. I just think it is so much fun to play that game just at the end of the day or the beginning of the day or when you have time, you know, just to pop in. Now that kind of the story is complete, just to pop in and play that, you know, for, you know, one to two hours or something like that really really enjoy it getting excited for october with spider-man 2 so once once i'm really well and truly sick and tired of jedi survivor probably closer to like august i would say i'm probably going to start a a well and true replay of both of the spider-man games just because obviously you know i I have a game that i've hundred percented that i just kind of pop into to like beat up criminals from time to time but to to really well and truly replay both of those games, especially Miles Morales, because uh, Spider-Man PS4 I've I've played, and then I played again before Miles Morales came out. But Miles Morales, I have... Uh, it's weird. Actually, if you... I don't know how often you ever do, like, fire up that game, but, like, if you were, would you fire mm-hmm. up Miles Morales or would you fire up uh, the first one? Because I, I find that myself, I, I boot up Miles Morales just because I like... Uh, his power set more and like the uh-huh. the winter theme <laughs> but then also yeah. peter is like so <clears throat> fluid yeah i would probably do i'd probably end up doing miles morales just because i think i have more to do in that game mm-hmm. than spider-man <clears throat> I, I might have i don't think i 100 percented the first one yeah i want to say i did up till the dlc and then i bought the dlc and i was kind of like eh, whatever but yeah i would probably do miles morales before i would do the original did you give your thoughts on the flash yet i have not uh okay i just actually i just want to break something up just because i want to have your thoughts it's not movie related it's actually just like news related Mm -hmm. uh what do you think about this uh this vessel that just like disappeared in the ocean (laughs) i i think it's very sad if those people are most likely uh no longer with us probably not you know if they are ever to be found 
probably not going to be found alive. <laughs> but that being said, I mean, I, I'm kind of with everybody else of if you're paying, if you're like, hey, we're doing tours of the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me that the ticket was only $250,000. I would be like, what's wrong with it? Why is it like, I don't know. Oh, you I, thought only. I thought that was like hell well, expensive. Well, I, I think it. I, I mean, think that's me, insanely expensive to do that, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, if I was a rich person, and I was, and they were like, "We're gonna take you down to the Titanic, and you can tour mm-hmm. the actual wreck," I would be like, "Okay, what are you not telling me of why this is not costing right. me like a million dollars?" And the answer <laughs> is because it's run off of a, you know. X, an old xbox controller or something with and it's just like there's yeah. no seats which apparently stuff, is like, but just real quick it is that is common apparently that you know thing like yeah military vehicles stuff like that are controlled with <laughs> just a generic kind of controller yeah something i didn't know mm-hmm. was that you know like subs they can only go down a few thousand feet like this was specifically made to go down to i think it had to go down twelve thousand feet Jeez. i didn't know that something that like you know, regular like subs couldn't do. Like it's yeah. only you know they can only go down. I think like four or five thousand or something like that. It was pretty. It was not that. De- it was, I mean, there, it's still deep, but like it wasn't as deep as I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I echo everything you said. It's it, it really is sad. You know, they're talking about oh, you know, they have uh, you know fifty hours left of of oxygen maybe, and mm-hmm. you know they're still looking obviously, and hopefully they do find them at some point just for you know the sake of their families, but. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on it because, you know, I feel like that's all I've been seeing in the past, like, three days or so. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I said, I just think it's def- – I just think it's awful and just, like, maybe figure out some better ways to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Very, very questionable, though, but uh, but awful, awful nonetheless. But uh, if – I don't know. Yeah. If they are to be found, I hope there's some some way that that they could be okay. But you know, time is uh, time is a ticking for that whole situation, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, let's pivot on over to speaking of uh, time. Well, what do you want to speak about time? Do you want me to go into my thoughts on the Flash? Do you want to talk about you know? Because I'm. I know you haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm all for if you want to talk about stuff you've heard or whatever. If, uh, I yeah, don't. I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts. Give me your your thoughts real quick, and I just want to throw some quick things at you real quick. Yeah. After that. All right. So I think. Okay. So CinemaCon, obviously, everybody. Oh my God! It's the best best superhero mm-hmm. ever. Best superhero mm-hmm. movie ever, David Zaslav. It's the best superhero movie ever made. Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I <laughs> will just say I really, really, really liked this movie. I thought uh, – you you asked me how was it, and I mm-hmm. said, well, I said very good movie. And I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's easily, easily one of the best – and I can't really, you can't really, how do you compare this to, like, the Snyder Cut and stuff? Like, right. the Snyder Cut, you know, su- the Suicide Squad, I have a lot of DCEU posters in here, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> like, uh, Birds of Prey, I thought was, I, I would maybe put it on par with how much I enjoyed Birds of Prey. I think that mm-hmm. The Flash is a much better movie than The Birds of Prey, but I, I would say it's probably easily in the top 
uh, five, maybe even top three of the DCEU. I probably would right. only put Snyder Cut and the Suicide Squad above it. But yeah, I thought a ton of fun, a ton of heart and emotion. I thought that kind of like what people said about No Way Home of, wow, this movie was a really successful multiversal story with the multiple Spider-Man and the villains and stuff, but it mm. never lost the fact that it is Tom's story. I think this absolutely does that as well, that there is so much going on in this movie and so many people happening in this movie, but I think it never once loses... So well, I shouldn't say that. It, it For, a, for a, a couple minutes there, it, it might go a little crazy with Cameo City and stuff like that, but like yeah. by and large, 95% of the movie, it keeps Barry front and center. His story, everything to do with his mother with his emotions about it. Uh, even though his mother's not in the movie that much, she's constantly, you know, on his mind, and so she's constantly on our mind as an audience. And I do think, you know, like I said in my in my quick video out of the theater, it's impossible to talk about this movie without talking about Ezra Miller. And I think that Ezra Miller gave a fantastic performance uh, in this movie as both the 30-year-old Barry and as the 18-year-old Barry. I thought I bought both versions of it. I was annoyed where I was supposed to be annoyed with the younger version. I sympathized with the older version, or I, or I guess just regular Barry. You know, I sympathized with Barry. I uh, understood where he was coming from as a character. And I thought there was a couple of really genuinely fun moments, some really truly epic moments. And then to go into a little bit of negative, I, I do think there's a couple of moments that dip a little too far. Um, mm -hmm. into the wacky and zaniness. I know uh, the babies scene, the baby shower yes, scene, that was one of my is, getting, <laughs> is getting a lot of uh, particular hate online and everything. I enjoyed it. I, I think, you know, I, I don't think it's any more zany than the X-Men Apocalypse Quicksilver scene. I, I'm not going to say the Days of Future Past one because mm -hmm. that's that's a little more like it was the first one they did and it was a little more whatever. But in X-Men Apocalypse, he's running with dogs and they got pizza in their mouth and he's throwing kids <laughs> out of the window and he's catching them in curtains and stuff. I, you know, other than I would say the CGI in X-Men Apocalypse was definitely better than this. Mm -hmm. I will say that. I mean, CGI is probably the one biggest yeah. issue with this movie <clears throat> but i still enjoyed it i still had fun with it and all the justice league stuff at the beginning of the movie whether it's you know i know they've already shown everywhere gal gadot's wonder woman obviously ben affleck jeremy irons as alfred seeing all that interaction and in the kind of top 25 minutes of this movie was fantastic mm -hmm. for me yeah so <laughs> i was gonna ask about the baby thing but you yeah. already uh although some people are putting <laughs> And the clip is that they're putting it in reverse, where he's putting the baby back in the microwave. So that I thought was interesting. What'd you think of the post-credit scenes? You know, I've heard um, you know maybe not all they're cracked up to be, or you know. Well, I feel like people, and obviously you haven't. Oh man! All right, we are gonna have. <laughs> we are gonna have a uh, trailer reaction, two trailer reactions coming up in the show here. But I just wanna personally show tj this maybe i could even keep it off camera if you could see it in discord oh no <laughs> oh man sorry that just <laughs> just somebody posted that as soon as i opened my phone we got a great zendaya movie to look forward to uh, later this summer but uh post-credit scenes so you haven't seen the movie obviously but i know people right. that have seen the movie so there is only one post-credit scene 
the other main scene is just the final scene of the movie. But it basically is it could have been a post credit mm-hmm. scene. So I don't know how much you want me to get into that one, but I'd be I guess just happy like tell to me if like, you already know things or are they something is it something <laughs> where it is referring to the future or the past of the DCU? Unclear. Yes. And I think Unclear. that is the most okay. disappointing part about Yikes. both of those scenes is yeah. <laughs> you uh, the the whole point of this. Well, I shouldn't say the whole point, but I guess I should say the whole point because James mm-hmm. Gunn himself said uh, in that in that video, he said, you know, the Flash, which will act as a reset point for the DC universe. Right. Now, what he did not say, and what I'm seeing a lot online, is he did not say. The, f- the final 15 minutes of The Flash will set up exactly where the DCU is going to look like going forward. That's not what he said. And I, I'm mm-hmm. seeing people be like, he told us that it would all make sense at the end of The Flash. Yeah. And it's like, that's not necessarily what he said. He just said that that's going to act as a reset point. But I do think it's fair to say that the fact that, like, I'm not even clear on either of those scenes and what it means uh, and that it's just more confusion... I just think is not what DC needs right now coming off of this movie. There's plenty of other things that DC does not need right now about this movie. Not even talking about the Ezra Miller situation, talking box office, which we will talk about in a little bit here. But yeah, the post credit scene itself uh, to me was just like the Grandmaster in Thor Ragnarok, which I know I've said Mm. many times on the show uh, is one of my least favorite post credit scenes ever just because it is... It's not even clever like the Captain America one in Homecoming of the, like, you've waited so long for so little. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally just, I hate the throwaway post credit scenes. And the the post credit scene in this movie was just a pure throwaway. It was just another appearance, a fun little bit of banter. Oh, it was a throwaway. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I would say the scene at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I think, has the potential to not be a throwaway. But this, the actual post credit scene was was definitely a throwaway. I mean, it it, it mm-hmm. didn't address anything at all. It was it was literally just a fun little conversation with Barry and this other person that I thought was fun and I enjoyed it and I did think it was funny. Everything like that. I was just waiting for like a who's Superman or so you know some some like little extra bit of like oh my god. I wonder like, if my next question is uh, the post credit scene, but. Well, let's, I mean, if you want to, if you've heard things or anything, I'll open up a little spoiler window here. So I'll do a little, another scene everybody's freaking out about is when he pokes his head through. I'll I'll poke my head through like the flash to uh, to a little bit of a spoiler realm. Uh, So yeah, you can ask me whatever. Uh, So I've seen this on TikTok. (coughs) I've seen things alluding to it. And I think I've seen the the quick like scene. Uh, Is Nick Cage in this movie? That is not at all what I thought you were about to say. No, yes. I, it, yeah, okay. Yes, okay. he is. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was that was it for like for like yeah, that was my only question. He's in it, yeah, he's in it for like a, <laughs> a minute, few seconds maybe a minute. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has no lines or anything. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, last one, one, other, one, one other question: Is Henry in this movie? About this, mm, I would say no, not technically. All right, so maybe it's like Superman is in this like, movie uh, in like footage and stuff, right? And yeah. Henry is not like a new appearance. I don't think that like Hen- a- Yeah, I I think th- okay. they use his Superman in a couple of different ways in a couple of different mm-hmm. quick, very quick moments. It's not like mm-hmm. Batman or or Wonder Woman where they're actually uh, you know in the movie, but but yeah. but it is Henry. 
one other one uh, i i think i i think the cameos have all been spoiled for me unfortunately all the big ones yeah i would um, say no, i would say definitely not all of them because there are some probably, cameos in this movie that no one is talking about well and, there's and one one in I, particular that i know you are gonna lose your fucking mind <laughs> maybe it's the one i'm about to say oh, okay <laughs> is uh am i correct in saying clooney is also in this movie oh okay <laughs> you want the i mean well all right I mean, I've seen, yes. I've seen, the, I mean, I've seen the clip on TikTok. Yeah, yeah that was the one that yeah. I really was like, you know, I really was like, want to see anyone's reaction to that moment. But yes, absolutely, he is. That's 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 all, that's, that's all I'll go. That's all I know. Yeah, that's that's the final <laughs> scene of the movie. Uh, oh, okay. Is yeah. is he goes to he he's back to regular reality, and then Bruce calls him and is like, "I'm pulling up right now," and he's like, "He's like, all right." And you can kind of hear that it's a different voice, and then he steps out, and it's George Clooney, and he's like, it's the F-bomb of the movie, and he goes, who the fuck is that? And he goes, <laughs> Barry, what are you talking about? And he goes, you're not Batman. And then he goes, we're in public. And it's like, Do you have oh. the same suit? Like the... the no, it's this... the suit have, like, nipples on it's it or just, whatever? <laughs> uh, it's just him as Bruce. Oh, oh okay, was, got yeah, it, got yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, actually, not a question, but something I did see on Twitter was... That there was like a, a Caesar Romero like thing that they were gonna do that they cut. And oh, I don't know. I think there was one other one that <clears> just as like potential like cameo too. things. Yeah, that they cut. Yeah, <laughs> I I once you see it, I'd be very happy to talk about. Uh, I have another one in my head that stuff. I don't actually I don't know if it happened or anything. Okay, but I would I would be pretty upset probably if it maybe that person did show up. <laughs> All right, you can. You can go for it. Uh, did uh, did Jared Leto show up in this movie? You want the you want the answer? Uh, yes. Give me the answer. No, not Thank in any God. not in any capacity. <laughs> not not in any capacity all right, all right. at all. <laughs> I'll stop asking now. Yeah, no, but yeah, there is a lot of other cameo. There's cameos. a lot of other things. Oh, cool. Okay. But there is yeah, yeah. like. I don't even know. I mean, Michelle in chat knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But just there is a cameo that is just like <laughs> a like, fun. Okay, it's just I a guess. fun. It's just a funny. It's just a perfect thing that yeah. I was really, really happy with of just a character from the DCEU mm -hmm. uh, that we haven't seen in a while that I just thought, are they doing this? And then they did it. And I was just like, wow, okay. That's fantastic. And it's like a two-minute scene. It's probably yeah. the longest cameo in the movie. Yeah, it's I'm not I'm not gonna say anything, but I just it's probably the longest cameo in the movie. Maybe mm. Clooney might be longer, but it, I last, just was grinning ear to ear when it went. Last thing happening. I'll say. Uh did you was there any CW hits for you or no? I will save that for when you have seen it. Okay, cool. Okay. Because I got, I got, I got some thoughts for sure, for sure. Gotcha. But yeah, that's kind of my overall thoughts on the Flash, kind of deeper thoughts on the Flash, everything like that. I'm sure, uh, probably won't be an hour and a half, but I'm sure once you have seen it, we'll do some spoiler talk on that. Hopefully next week, of and we'll probably talk about No Hard Feelings next week as well. But then we'll also probably have time to talk about Flash spoilers. And then I was also. We'll see, but I mean, if you're up for it, uh, we could also do a little bit of an indie. Uh, rewatch discussion next week because um, they're all oh, on Disney yeah. Plus now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. 
say that we have to watch the Young Indiana Jones Adventures, which I didn't realize are 22 hour and a half movies, uh, which is insane. Oh, yeah, because because it, it was like it was like 70 episodes that they mm-hmm. all added together. It's like you know how in Clone Wars they have like the arcs. Imagine yeah. if in 10 years from now. Instead of having all the individual episodes, you could go on Disney Plus and be like, "I want to watch Siege of Mandalore. I want to watch, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Malevis the Maleficence. I want to watch, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever different arc basically combined into, uh, you know, their own little mini movie there. But yeah, so maybe we could do that as well next week. But let's move on because there is uh, some more stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, with the Flash, and that is some unfortunate financial news, uh, and that is that you know typically we talk about all the time on here projections and how projections work when we talk about box mm-hmm. office. What the heck? Hang on. Uh, there we go. When we talk all the time about box office, you know we'll refer to oh the projections had it at the. The projections are put out by the studio, by the parent company. So, like, The Flash, those projections would have been put out by Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, Elemental, those projections would have been put out by the Walt Disney Company, not necessarily Pixar. So, it basically, just, like, important to note, when, I, when I'm talking about the, the projections for The Flash, it's not like James Gunn and Peter Safran are sitting down in a room and going, uh... Let's say 70. You know, it's like it's like the Warner Brothers parent company accounting department that goes into all that stuff and box office tracking and everything like that. So this is not something that, like, James Gunn just, like, spouts out or even, like, Pete Docter at Pixar. He's not, like, let's say Elemental's going to make 25. It's, it's not arbitrary. But normally a studio will lowball the projections so that then this, when the movie comes out, it will cash in. To an even higher amount and then then it can say oh my god it beat the projections we're so proud of the movie mm-hmm. etc so forth everything like that uh the big story here is that the projections put out for the flash put it at 70.1 million dollars when the actuals came out monday morning it was a very very different story and that is that the flash opened domestically at number one yes uh but at 55 million dollars uh, which is obviously $15 million lower than where Warner Brothers was projecting it just one day earlier, which is never the situation that you want to be in. Uh, the movie did clean up with $61 million on the four-day weekend because it was Father's Day weekend, um, and obviously Juneteenth as well. Uh, so there's a couple of holidays kind of spread out, people off of work on both Monday and also possibly Friday. So when you're counting it in the kind of four-day weekend which was reported it does bump it up an additional six million but still even on the four-day weekend 61 million dollars still puts it nine million dollars lower than than where warner brothers was projecting it it picked up another 73 million dollars uh internationally for 134 uh 134 million dollars total uh in its first four days of release Again, not where you want it to be, especially when you consider that uh, just last year, Black Adam, which obviously was also a very, not a bomb, but uh, a a very, what am I trying to say, disappointing box office result for Black Mm -hmm. Adam. And so the fact that The Flash opened $13 million under what Black Adam opened to 
definitely a red flag there. Obviously, we can go into, you know, whatever may have caused that or anything like that. But before we jump into that, let's just go through the top five, which is Elemental coming in at number two with 29.6 million. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse almost beating Elemental in Elemental's opening weekend. Spider-Man coming in with $27 million, almost exactly uh, for the number three spot. Making me happy because this is a movie that I did enjoy. Transformers Rise of the Beast again stays in the top five, coming in at number four with another $20.6 million, which for its second week with all this stacked competition, the fact that Transformers made another $20 million, really, I'm happy for that movie for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also Little Mermaid uh, staying strong in the top five at number five with another $11 million. Then dropping out of the top five, we have a couple different ones. The Blackening, which is a, a studio comedy, a studio horror comedy that came out this week, coming in at number six with six million. Guardians dropping down at number seven, picking up another five million. Then Boogeyman, Fast X, still plummeting very fast. I will tell you, that is without a doubt our lowest performing movie uh, at, at at least the theater that I work at. I mean, we've we've taken Fast X down to just matinee shows. We don't even show it at night. <coughs> Can um, you, real quick, just click on uh, for, like, the full detail? Uh, Fast on X? Fast X? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <coughs> what are we at? Okay, six, uh, $6.95. Okay, yeah, so, so this is, like, franchise projector. Yeah, see... <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Let me yeah. actually... I know we haven't done this in a while, but let me try to... Oh, there we go. Boom. Pulled right up. All right. I haven't cut to the uh, website in a little bit here. But yeah, mm. so you can see right there what TJ's talking about. I mean, and we've talked about this when the movie came out and looked at its opening weekend and everything. Again, I still think it's going to be tough for this movie to turn a profit, but I think now we're in the... Well, I'm, I always wait for Dan Merle's full in-depth review because he has all the percentages, everything broken down. But from where I'm at, you're talking three to $350 million budget, one of the biggest marketing campaigns of the year. So that's easily another two, 250. I don't even want to think about maybe even more for prints and advertising for this movie. So you're looking at a, a necessity of $700 million just to start turning a profit, just to recoup your money. And it does look like it's going to get to that. But again, you're looking at the split here between domestic and international. I mean, this franchise really has separated from the domestic audience big time. I mean, only $142 million, making almost the entire, really almost the entirety, about about 70% uh, of its box office back in other markets, not here in the States or Canada or Mexico, not here in the domestic territories, uh, which, you know... Again, we've talked about it is going to be very interesting to see what happens with these sequels here, but something that is exciting in a movie that I am excited to see is Asteroid City getting a lot of hype, not just regular Wes Anderson hype, but people genuinely saying that it's one of his better films in a while, which makes me happy because personally mm -hmm. I think he's been on a little bit of a, a wonky, uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit of a sophomore slump, whatever you want to call it since uh since grand budapest just in my opinion so i'm really excited to see this movie this actually came out uh, a couple days beforehand and again we talk about how important projections are uh asteroid city opened up this past weekend in i believe 12 screens and or sorry no six screens i apologize it opened up in six screens only so in new york and la six screens only and it was projected that it would have 
the highest per screen average since I believe it was, uh, geez, it was some A24 movie. I forget what it was, but the highest per screen average per theater average since the pandemic. So uh, since a very long time ago, uh, and it actually blew those projections out of the water. They were anticipating over this over the three day weekend that it would bring in about seven hundred thousand. It brought in uh, well over eight hundred thousand, and the movie itself, just in those little markets for the last two weeks, uh, is already at two point seven million dollars. And then it's rolling out to a full wide release uh, nationwide this weekend. So very very uh, excited for that movie. It's probably going to be a pretty reasonable hit for Wes Anderson. Uh, which I'm excited for, and I hope I hope yeah. the movie's really really good. Uh, what what is kind of what do you want to pick apart here? Yeah, what do you want to touch I on w- with the Flash's performance? Elemental, anything like? That? I want to talk about the Flash. Uh, Let's go for so it. So what what do you think? Like you know, I obviously this is way below than everybody was expecting. I think. What what do you think is the is the cause? I I I doubt. I still doubt. I I think. Uh, people who are starring in a movie and, you know, the stuff that is going off is going on in their personal lives, you know, whether it be good or bad, maybe, you know, does have some sort of however tiny an effect on a person going to see something. But I don't think what happened with Ezra Miller did this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I obviously everybody saw the like you said earlier, the 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 reviews of the flash coming out of CinemaCon. Oh, best best movie ever best not best movie ever but best comic book movie ever uh a revelation for the dcu blah blah blah. tom cruise oh my god i loved it i had to call andy muschietti tell him how great it was yeah you know is it just maybe that when the reviews reviews started coming out you know leading up to the release that it was kind of you know it was kind of mixed it wasn't Mm -hmm. overly like oh my god this is you know better than Endgame, better than infinity war better than civil war you know or yeah. winter soldier you know what do you what do you think about about that i think for <laughs> sure first of all i thought i've been thinking about this a lot and i think where this movie needed to be domestically mm-hmm. it needed to be in the the one 110 range domestically it you know it it this thing needed 250 opening weekend to, to, like, stand a chance, you know what I mean, to, mm-hmm. to get there, to go the distance, 134 is terrible. I mean, there's really no... I know the episode we call... I said on the thumbnail flop, question mark. Again, it's important to follow these movies, check them week to week, because the story can change. Avatar 2 flops opening weekend. Mm-hmm. It goes on to make $2.4 billion. You know what I mean? Right. Same exact thing happened with the first Avatar 13 years ago, whatever that was. This, I got to say, I don't think is going to be what happens with this because you have Indiana Jones coming out right on its tail. You have No Hard Feelings coming out next week, which the talk on that movie has been going through the roof, and I think you're going to see a lot of 20, 30, 40-year-old married couples. I think you're going to see a lot of movement towards that movie. You know, I liken it to the John Cena blockers, uh, that blockers Mm -hmm. movie with John Cena. I think it's that crowd. I think it's the tag crowd. I think it's the game night crowd. I think those people are going to show up for this movie. And I think no hard feelings, maybe a a pretty decent hit of this summer. Going back to the flash. I think, yes, the Ezra Miller situation of course had a bearing for some people, but the problem is, most people don't watch entertainment tonight 
anymore. You know what I mean? This is right. not. I used to watch Entertainment Tonight with my mother every night. You know, yeah. but like I'm talking a decade ago at this point. But like, I remember when that would just be how you would find everything out. Was I would watch Entertainment Tonight with I I don't know I forget what her name is Laura something. That's not the world we live in anymore. And I think it's the exact opposite of that is I think more so than people knowing about the Ezra Miller situation and then going, where do I land on that? Am I going to see this movie? Do I want to support Ezra Miller? If I don't support Ezra Miller, am I also not supporting Michael Keaton? Am I am I mm-hmm. saying that Andy Muschietti's time isn't worth it? I don't think there's all these people out there making that decision because I think they just don't know. What I have thought about how do how do twenty year olds how do teenagers how do they find out about things? Who from the Flash did a Wired autocomplete interview? Who from the Flash was on Hot Ones? Who from the mm-hmm. Flash did so and so gets interviewed with questions with puppies? You know, there's no marketing for this movie. Like, yeah. I mean, there's marketing in the terms of trailers and everything, but there's no press. You know, look at look at something like Guardians of the Galaxy. That is a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That is a phenomenal movie that also got the word out. You know, Chris Pratt, Pom Clementif, and Karen Gillan were out there doing every single internet show under the sun. Uh, you know, and I just think that the fact that that wasn't, that, that you didn't have Sasha Cali on Hot Ones going, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sasha Cali, tell the people what you got going on. And like, you know, I got, go see The Flash. It's an amazing movie. You know, there was none of that. And, and I genuinely think that uh, a lot of people underestimate the reach that those internet shows have in promoting projects. I, I really just think that that is a huge part of it, is that you're not going on YouTube and seeing Ezra Miller and Michael Keaton, you know, auto, autocomplete interview, or the, like, uh, the one where they, like, move the water on the table, or, like... All Mm -hmm. these different shows that is now just like expected with all these huge spectacle movies just wasn't there for The Flash. It was there Mm -hmm. for, look at how many videos there are online of Shameik Moore, uh, Jake Johnson, and Haley Steinfeld for Mm Spider-Verse. Look how many videos there are of Indiana Jones. That's how you dominate the conversation and the fact that there was none of it. And then I guess you can link it back to the Ezra Miller situation because... Whether it was warranted yeah. or not, Warner Brothers made the decision to cut all of that from the marketing. And I think that is, in my opinion, probably the biggest thing. Is that if you went up to a college kid and said, hey, when does The Flash come out? They'd be like, there's a Flash movie coming out? Because they're, they don't see the 30-second clip on TikTok. You know what I mean? They see the trailer that pops up and then they swipe away from it. But they don't see Sean Evans talking to Michael Keaton or something. That is, in my opinion, I think the biggest reason is that it lacked that traditional blockbuster marketing push that every other blockbuster takes advantage of. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think I'm like reaching on that or what? Like, because I I just think that's really important to get a, a big portion of the audience in these days. No, I agree with you, especially just, you know, like you say, scrolling TikTok. Like, I don't feel I feel like I didn't see a lot of those kind of, you know, quick 30 second ads that you would see. Yeah. On any kind of platform. And like you said, I feel like, uh, you know, the stuff that went on went on personally 
that kind of ties the studio's hands as far as those shows that you mentioned, mm-hmm. like the hot ones or the 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 autofill like questionnaire that I think Variety does or yeah, you know, yeah, all those Variety GQ like right. I think uh, you know I I agree with you. Maybe it all you know it all does kind of come back to that just yeah. because of what happened. Now we're cutting the advertising. Now we're losing that reach without the advertising and. You know, our box office is obviously suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do agree with you on that. What do you think about uh, – and then what What about Elemental? I, I really don't know anything about the movie. I've seen the trailer before another movie, and that's about it. I, I haven't seen anything else regarding it. <clears throat> so I think that Elemental – more than – there it is. It's like, what the hell? I think that Elemental, more than anything else – is exactly what everybody's talk, been talking about. And I was very happy to see Pete Docter, the CEO of uh, Pixar, coming out and saying, you know, kind of poking the bear of Bob Chapek, uh, even though, you know, you could kind of get away with that because he doesn't have any power anymore. But, like, he straight up said, I think a big problem is that our past marketing moves have been to condition parents that Pixar is for watching at home. Uh, and yeah. I think I think that's just a huge condition uh, me to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think that is just the reason. Like, I genuinely yeah. don't think it's anything else. Yeah, you could say there obviously is a craving for things like Spider Verse, for things like this new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie hasn't come out mm-hmm. yet. But you know, you're seeing a huge conversation around the way that that Turtles movie looks that you weren't seeing with Elemental. People would people on the internet or people, you know, influencers, they would say, "Man, Elemental looks great. I don't know why it costs 200 million dollars, but you know, it, it it visually looks great." And then there's also I think too the the word of mouth. You know, it's not when you have a Pixar movie come out and it's cuz like look at Turning Red, right? Turning Red had if it went to theaters would have had incredible word of mouth. Everybody loved mm. Turning Red. I thought it was a fantastic movie, but it was cut off at the knees by being put on uh, Disney+. Plus. Then you look at something mm. like Lightyear, and they go, all right, we're bringing Pixar back to the big screen. Let's go. And then, boom, poor word of mouth. Lightyear's also a failure. So I think when you get a Pixar movie that comes out, and if you're a parent, and you're going, oh, there's a new Pixar movie. Do I really want to spend a hundred dollars to take my kids out to the movies get everyone tickets get everyone popcorn and drinks get everyone food uh sit down deal with the screaming kids or do i want to just wait you know eight weeks and then it'll be on disney plus and we can just buy you know some microwave popcorn and call it a day you know i i think there's just no math there and I think that that Disney has really done that to themselves, particularly with these with these young animated movies. I just think they really got to change things. They got to really, first of all, stop putting them on Disney Plus that quickly. I know they've done that for their uh, live action films. It's you know you'll get Avatar. Avatar was seven months uh, mm-hmm. before it hit Disney Plus. You know the Marvel movies. Uh, it's going to be a long while before you see Guardians on there. You know, it's it's not going to turn around and be on streaming uh, as quickly as even Ant-Man, right? Ant-Man was three months. For a while there, it was like Doctor Strange, Love and Thunder uh, mm-hmm. was just like, boom, eight weeks, it's on Disney+. Plus. Boom. 
like I think you're going to see a big separation with that. And that I think making that change is important, but what's even more important is teaching the parents, hey, you're not going to be able to, you know, like you said, you're going to wait until you see this on, on Disney+. Plus. I think it's important to make the change and say, hey, we're going to give it four months before it goes to Disney+. Plus." I think it's even more important to tell everyone, hey, this movie is not going to be on Disney+, Plus right mm-hmm. away. It, don't think that you'll oh, we'll wait a couple weeks. You're going to be waiting months, and your kids are going to be wanting to see this movie, and you don't want to deny them that, so get out to the theater and check out, uh, you know, Elio, the new, the next Pixar movie, you know, whatever it might be. But I think really that is just the one issue, is that they just conditioned people for <clears throat> two years to, to stay home and, and watch Pixar at home. That's what I think. What about agreed, you? Agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah, a lot of it. Um, you know, I I think it's a mix for me. You know, I have watched I guess Pixar movies at home more recently, as well as uh, I feel like I can wait. Maybe you know, I'm not I'm mm. not really rushing out to see this one as well. You're also with, not you know, a little kid, so it's right. Like, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, a, a, a ton of uh, a ton of <clears throat> new movies also coming in the in the in the coming weeks as well. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm kind of same as you, but I definitely want to check it out like when it comes to Disney plus at some point, but they also have to kind of find a way to, you know, build that kind of train parents or whoever out of that. Yeah. And be like, that's no, the actually part. like you should come to the theater to watch this because you won't be able to watch it for another, you know, maybe two months or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they do that with like, a, obviously we have like a toy story five coming whenever it, you know, whatever comes out. Uh, or maybe mm-hmm. you do that by, by doing a, a sequel to an IP that is is very well known, maybe that's how you get people back for those Pixar movies. Chicken um, on Planet Earth, Wally Two. After Wall-E all this two. time, yes, yep. So I don't know if you want to do the reactions, uh, but I just want just go to just go to IMDb and just look at the first image that pops up. <laughs> you should you will get a kick out of it. Huh. Oh my god. I just thought that was really funny. I was like, why are they doing us like this? <clears throat> Jeez. Alright. Uh do you wanna do do you wanna close out with the reactions or do you wanna do those and then talk a little uh, secret invasion to close out? You know what? Let's go let's close out with the reactions. We'll do secret invasion. Alright. <clears throat> so you saw it in the thumbnail here. Uh we were wanna talk a little bit about secret invasion. It was kind of big news last week that they were like, oh, Secret Invasion debuts on uh, Rotten Tomatoes with a mm-hmm. 40% or something. And it's like, first of all, these reviews are accounting for a third of the overall product. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say, you know, judging the entire series off of two episodes because people were coming out and going, well, that's it. Secret Invasion at 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's terrible. Now you give it a couple days, give the re- give the critics a chance to freaking log their reviews, because uh, when all those articles went out that were saying Secret Invasion's at 40%, there was like 10 reviews. Now there's 64 reviews, and Secret Invasion is at 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, I think it's important to keep in mind, the only thing that critics have seen so far is is the first two episodes so to compare it like to barry barry season four the critics were given uh the screeners that were sent out was for the entire season except for the finale 
So, like, mm-hmm. that's a really good way to indicate, okay, how the overall season is going to feel. So keep in mind these reviews are only of the first two episodes of a six-episode season. That being said, Secret Invasion is holding at a 69%. I know we've got, you know, a lot of people, critics, cons- critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes here just says... Uh, A well-deserved showcase for Samuel L. Jackson, Secret Invasion steadies itself after a somewhat slow start by taking the MCU in a darker, more mature direction. So obviously that is something that, you know, a lot of people have been clamoring for, a lot of people have Mm -hmm. been hoping for, and specifically hoping that 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 would happen with this season, or this series uh, in particular. So what are your kind of thoughts on the overall critical reception so far? Uh, and then why don't you take us into just what, what are some things that we, what are some, uh, hopes and dreams for this series that we hope for with, uh, with this, uh, Nick Fury series? Yeah, I'm excited uh, to see, you know, what the reception has been to this show. Uh, you know, we've gotten a little bit, bit of a break, uh, for Marvel content in general in the past, I'd say month, month and a half, correct? Um, so it's really nice to see that, you know, they're coming back with Secret Invasion and, you know, it's, it's, you know, pretty much saying that it's it's good it's you know there's some mixed reviews in there uh obviously uh but it seems to be that you know foggy and the and the crew are steadying the ship with secret invasion and hopefully good things going forward i'm really excited to see olivia coleman and amelia clark and see what they could do in this series hopefully they have a you know maybe a longer longer stay in the mcu going forward this series is the end for them i hope but i'm really excited to see them as well as uh, I'm interested to see what Martin Freeman, what his kind of role is. Because, again, mm-hmm. he was kind of shoehorned into Black Panther. Will we see Vale? We'll, I kind of hope not. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't. I just I just felt like she was kind of I was fine with her in Falcon Winter Soldier. OK, so I was fine with that kind of introduction. I would and even then, say. I thought she was great in Falcon and Soldier yeah. and Black Widow. And then Black Panther just kind of felt like she was kind of being shoved down your throat, basically. Yeah. So, you know, would, would I be shocked if we didn't see her till the Thunderbolts? Uh, I guess, maybe. Uh, but maybe I don't, I don't necessarily want to see her in this. Plus, mm-hmm. we don't really know where we are. In, like, are we we're in space, maybe? Uh, I'm not really sure. Cause... For a secret invasion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, I mean, this one, be Earth, it's, but yeah, no it's, I think it's, I almost said Sam, it's Fury yeah. coming down back to Earth. Okay, got it. Yeah. But also it's dealing a lot with, you know, the scrolls and scroll invaders mm-hmm. and you were supposed to find us a home. So I would not be surprised if there are some space elements here at all too. But uh, I think if I had to guess, I would say we probably will see Vale in this. Mm-hmm. And then I would say even if we're just talking about before Thunderbolts, I think we'll probably also see her in Captain America 4, mm-hmm. just because I think it would make sense. I think that yeah, Captain that America 4... Yeah. Also, I'd be... I know we're talking about Secret Invasion, but just on that note, I would be shocked if Wyatt Russell, if John Walker was not in Cap 4, e- mm-hmm. even if it's just a post credit scene, because you got to revisit U.S. Agent. I mean, we talked about this last week on the show of... You know, I think one of the biggest issues with the MCU right now is you're introducing these characters and then it's like, it's been two and a half years since we've seen Shang-Chi. You know, you Mm -hmm. gotta, you gotta check back in with these people so that the audience knows that every, every piece of this is important. 
And so I think that's I think that's a big part too. But kind of circling back to the main cast of this show, which I also will say I think it's possible we could see U.S. Agent in Secret Invasion as well. I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's very possible. You know, I think having Rhodey there and also Ross, I think, opens the door to a lot of different things. But I'm yeah, I'm excited to get this deep dive into Nick Fury. I'm excited to kind of dive deeper into Maria Hill. Uh, kind of makes me wish, you know, Coulson was still around, but, uh, what can you do? Ew. I mean, the guy, the guy got, uh, what, nine movies and nine seasons, so. Maybe it was a know. scroll and the real Coulson is still alive. Oh my god. Can you imagine? That would be oh insane. <laughs> uh, especially considering that the, the real Coulson mm-hmm. died again in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> and is a life model decoy technically (laughs) but i mean i unless it's unless they're gonna go full agents of shield is not canon uh i know people lose their mind about that but like technically if it is still canon colson is out there he's he's out there he's he's retired but you know they they let him live at the end of that show so maybe there's always the chance uh let's let's real quick correct me if i'm correct me if this is more of a secret wars thing which it probably is but would you be surprised uh, if you know, maybe at the end of the show or whatever, that we you know there's a big reveal that there is like a, a a scroll that we thought was just like a regular kind of you know character that we've known, and then it turns out you know they're not really them. Would that would that surprise? Would you be surprised with that, or do you think that's more <clears throat> of like probably a Secret Wars type thing? Oh no, I think for sure that was okay. literally going to be the next words out of my mouth was <clears throat> if we take the the known scrolls out of this. So if we take yeah. Gravic with Kingsley Benadir out of this. Let me pull this up for you guys. So if we take uh, Kingsley Benadir out of this, if we take Emilia Clark out of this, if we take uh, Talos out of this, out of some of these people that we know are going to be in this show, uh, who do we think could be a scroll? I mean, do we think that we're going to get a reveal that Rhodey is going to be a scroll? Also, do you think that the show is going to be like revealing every episode? That like people no, are scrolls, or do you think, think it's so. going to be just like kind of a couple big ones? <clears throat> I think it'll be the a end. couple. Yes, I think a couple towards the end. I, I, I think you can't rely on every episode to be some sort of reveal. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe you do one at the end of the first one, and then you don't know, do another one till the very end of the the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, or do we know if this is uh, you know season one, season two type thing, or is this uh, just uh, season one? I would one, then we're assume done. it's probably just going to be a limited series, but. <clears throat> I feel yeah. like, what does that even mean anymore? Like, I, you right. know, I think it's just one of those things of, like, if it's successful enough, probably in a while, probably no time mm-hmm. soon. But, you know, I think we could probably get another season of, like, a Nick Fury show, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. But I think probably for Secret Invasion, probably just one season. What was I just going to say? I was just thinking about something and it completely just blanked out of my brain. I, I love it when that happens. Damn. I just completely lost it. Oh, right. Do we think that we get Harrison Ford in this in this series? Because we know Rhodey is described as the president's right-hand man. We know mm. that uh, Dermot Mulroney is going to be playing the president of the United States in this. And we know that uh, Harrison Ford is going to be playing the president of the United States in Captain America 4. So if I'm filling in the dots correctly, uh, that would mean something's going to happen to Dermot Mulroney <laughs> in this <laughs> series. So do we perhaps see 
the vice president if ross is the vice president uh in this series do we do we potentially see harrison ford in this e even if it is a kind of veil esque uh you know appearance in the very last episode <clears throat> yeah you bring that up i think that's definitely a possibility mm -hmm. uh, maybe i wouldn't bet on it but yeah. i think it's definitely a possibility mm -hmm. uh just looking at this something i think is funny looking at this rotten tomatoes uh like everybody's everybody's picture on it why does martin freeman look like he was just booked into jail in <laughs> i was gonna say he looks like he's got a mugshot like, like look at him yeah. and then don Cheadle. don <laughs> yeah. Cheadle's like all happy and everything and <laughs> martin freeman looks like he's just going <clears throat> yeah how many episodes is this eight six six oh jeez six yeah but they're like an hour right so far i mean the first okay. two episodes run times were revealed and they were both i think it, the first one i think was 59 <clears throat> minutes and the second one was 55 minutes so i mean sounds like a good trend and sam jackson referred to it as a six-hour movie so oh, um, i just hope they know. use that they use that to the its fullest potential you know they don't leave any yeah because i think yeah because also kind of. tom hiddleston has referred to like loki as a six-hour movie and it's mm -hmm. like i actually thought it was really funny and in the Diego Luna, Hayden Christensen, actors out of actors, Diego Luna was like, yeah, I mean, we did, we did, you know, basically 12 50-minute episodes, or, to, or he said 12 40-minute episodes, and he was like, oh, wow, okay. He was like, yeah, how long was your series? He was like, was your series to Hayden? He was like, was yours like uh, 10 or it was 12? And he was like, oh, we had six. He was like, oh, so it was like an hour? And he was like, Hayden Christensen was like, oh, it was like, it was like 35 minutes. It's like, it was like, oh, okay, so not six hours then. It was no. like, like I just thought that was funny. Probably like, said that. should have been. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like their like, line to all the stars is like, right. just refer to it as however many episodes, you know, call WandaVision a nine-hour movie. You know, it's like even though two of the episodes of WandaVision were 19 minutes long. Mm -hmm. uh, granted, there was just the first two episodes, but still. So, yeah, I'll be interested, but I, I do think this is going to be a very long runtime. I don't know, man. Maybe if I obviously I'm not going to be able to do it before the show comes out because the show comes out tonight. And by the way, I will have uh, thumbnails made, everything like that. Back to the formula. I've had a wonderful break of, uh, you know, no succession reviews, no Last of Us reviews, no House of the Dragon, nothing. But uh, we are going to I'm getting you the Secret Invasion immediate reactions. I'm giving you the Ahsoka immediate reactions. I'm giving you a lot of stuff coming up here. So make sure that you are subscribed uh, down below if you're watching this on the replay, everything like that. But yeah, I think Secret Invasion is going gonna, is gonna to shape up to be uh, pretty, pretty good. Last question. Do we see Emily Van Camp? Do we get Sharon Carter uh, back in this? Because it's been two years since we've seen her last with the power broker <coughs> and all that stuff. Who was she calling? Was she talking to Ross? Uh, do we think that we will see uh, Agent Thirteen herself show up? Uh, show up in this show? I think it's definitely a possibility, considering we have not seen her in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, do I think she's maybe like a main character? Probably not, but I could see her. You know, maybe showing up for an episode or two, and then you know, ducking out. Yeah. <clears throat> Awesome. Well, that is some secret invasion talk. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited too. I, I, I'm so <laughs> I'm always so shocked at just how many people aren't talking about this show and the build up yeah. to it and everything. But yeah, I'm very excited for secret invasion. Uh, excited to check out uh, the first episode tonight. An hour long. Very hour long. Excited. Very much excited. Uh, 
TJ, we're going to close out the show pretty soon here. But before we do, uh, we got two things to watch here. One of them I know uh, we have seen before, but uh, this first one that we are going to do, I have been staying away from because when <laughs> oh. I had the chance to see it, it. it was still a leak. So I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I'm not going to do a reaction to that. And then as soon as I got to work that day, I checked Twitter again, and uh, everybody it, it had posted the official version of it and the Red Band trailer, which is what we will be looking at today. And that... Uh- uh, real quick, I have not seen. I don't know if they're any different. I've not. Oh, you seen didn't see the, the red uh, band one. I didn't see the red band one. No. Okay. So. Well, we are going to be taking a look at the red band trailer for none other than Craven the Hunter. All right. Let's see here. Are you you're you're clipping it? I assume. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Planet Film Network. We are taking a look right now at the brand new Red Band Rated R trailer for Craven the Hunter. All right. What the heck? Uh-oh. There we go. My mouse uh, got, like, squishy for a second. I was like, what the heck? All right, guys, here we go. In five, four, three... It just reminded me of something else. All right. Oh, I can't hear it. Whoa. Oh, you can't hear it at all? No, I can. Never mind. Oh, all right. (laughs) That was my own fault. No, you're good. Whoa. That's the guy from Bullet Train. Oh, damn. Wow. Ugh. I didn't even know Russell Crowe was this. (laughs) Yeah, he's playing Zeus. Zeus. Oh, shit. Connor Roy's mom? Is this Succession? Power. Damn. It's pretty abusive. Oh! Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. Simba? Whoa. What is that? Wait a minute. He's not English in this? (laughs) Who made that decision? Oh, got him. Oh, you're going to love this. Oh! (laughs) Whoa! Ariana uh, DeBose is in this? Apparently. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. Oh, spider. Oh, my God. Whoa. Is this Green Arrow? It's Morbius. Oh, my God. Is that Milo? Wow. Why are they calling me the rhino? <laughs> Paul Giamatti? He's back. Uh, oh, man. God. Well, wow. okay, so look at those eyes. First, first thing I want to say is, uh, <laughs> is this, this is the origin story that like this, is this comic accurate? I don't believe so. I mean, I, I don't know. The I'm not a big Craven. That Craven like, was just like, I get like, you know, he's oh, obviously he's a hunter, but he, he's just has like, he, he didn't, he didn't get the blood of a lion or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know why he's, he's got high. I could be wrong. Eyes. I don't know, but. Yeah, first reaction. I it's it's. I'm gonna check it out. Obviously, I've checked out all these other Sony, you know, Spider Man movies. movies. Yeah, Sony Pictures um, Universe of Marvel movies. Yes, correct. Uh, it looks interesting. You know, it it does really looks like a Morbius two kind of, especially with the running on walls. I mean that the running on the walls book. thing. Uh, I I if this movie just if this movie ends with a like Michael Keaton, you know, Jared Leto like showing up like. Oh, time to form a team of six. 
I will I will walk out after watching the movie. Uh, I think it's time to hunt for some prey. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, but I'm I'm gonna check it out. You know, I, I my hopes aren't high though. I will say that. <laughs> I will say at the very least. I think it looks good. I mean, I think you mm-hmm. can't say, like, oh, everything looks like a CGI set piece. It definitely looks like real locations, real sets, everything right. like that. Real cinematography, or obviously it's all real cinematography, but real in-camera photography. Even something even <clears throat> something that was CGI, like that lion, uh, I thought looked pretty good. Uh, yeah. I, I Especially something coming out in October. It doesn't seem like it's going to be rushed, everything like that. That being said, we have not seen uh, this movie's take on the rhino. Uh, which mm-hmm. will be very interesting. Oh, but yeah. actually, I'm going to say something uh, in honor of its 20th anniversary. Uh, I'm getting kind of Ang Lee's Hulk vibes from this. Uh, mm. With, you know, the dad, his dad being kind of the villain, but then, you know, his dad's probably mm-hmm. going to realize the error of his ways uh, and then, you know, die sacrificing his, himself for his son or something like that. Again, I'm just kind of at a loss for words for all of this, you know, for for all the these Spider-Man villains just getting their own movies. Like I thought Venom worked because, you know, it's Venom. He he's kind of a little bit of a character onto himself, the same kind of way yeah. that I think that a Joker movie can work. Oh, um, agreed, yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like but then it's like, uh, well, okay. people care about Venom. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and people and there's multiple versions of Venom, right? Yeah. And like the Harry Osborn Venom has fans, the Flash Thompson Venom has fans, and then obviously the Eddie Brock Venom has tons of fans because he's the main character, he's the main version of that character. This is like if Venom is Joker, this is like <laughs> James Gunn's like, you know, and let's say Morbius is Swamp Thing. This is you like know, Polka let, Dot let, Man let, getting his own movie. I was gonna say this is this is like Doctor Freeze getting Although, his own movie. Like, you know, Polka Dot Man. Though I say that, you know, I'm sure again, if James Gunn made a Polka Dot Man movie, I'm sure it'd probably work. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, that's why I'm like, this is like if they were like, you know, we're gonna give. I must use the example of the Penguin. DC yeah. has to stop being good at making things. Uh, like, like I said, like Mister Freeze. Like this is mm-hmm. like we're gonna give Mister Freeze his own movie. And it's like, you know, obviously they would have to adapt the, um, you know, uh, the great animated series arc about his wife and everything like Mm. that. But at the same time, if there's no Batman, what's the story there? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like, Venom can kind of sustain its own movie without Spider-Man. Joker can sustain its own movie, even though technically Bruce Wayne is in Joker. You know, it can sustain itself without any need for Batman. This, I don't know, and you got the spiders coming down in the one shot. Like, we get it. We get yeah. it. Like, and like you said, if this movie ends with, so, let's say me, you, and the Doc team up to take down Spider-Man. <laughs> me and you know the what doc. I mean? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I you just, mean Bugs I really, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. What do you say me, you, and the Birdman uh, team yeah. up and uh, go, go after Spider-Man? Yeah. And then Craven will go, which version, which universe are we in? Yeah. We'll find out later. But I think it has something to do with Spider-Man. And then, <laughs> and that, then Miguel what, O'Hara pops out and he goes, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, one oh, last man. thing. Sorry, what is the, uh, what's the, the, the wrestler that they're going to do the movie on? From, oh, El, Muer- El Muerto? Yes. With Bad yes. Bunny? With Bad Bunny, yeah. He'll be part of the Sinister Six. That's like um, if they made, like, Condiment Man a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. like That's like... 
Yeah. Which again, I think James Gunn is. I think he could write a great Condiment Man script. I really think he could. <laughs> but like you know, we're. I don't think we're gonna get somebody like James Gunn to write right. uh, a the El Muerto movie. Yeah. Uh, what, what, real quick, I'll just say, reading this off uh, Dexerto. Uh, dot com the the tagline under the picture says the the craven the hunter solo movie real revealed some big changes to his origins in the first trailer <laughs> so seems yeah. as though maybe this is not the i, I read I, I read quickly that it looks like he he took a potion or something that gave him kind of enhanced powers in the comics this yeah in the comics okay. whereas this is like the blood of a lion changed his dna or whatever <laughs> yeah because i think <clears throat> Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think in maybe some of the versions, I think it maybe his origin is tied to Wakanda, mm-hmm. uh, potentially, which you know makes would make sense uh, right, for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, Craven looks interesting to say the least. But guys, let us know what do you think of the Craven the Hunter trailer down below. Let us know that and more. All your thoughts on the Craven movie. Do you not like that Aaron Taylor Johnson did not keep his accent? I can't really pinpoint if he's doing an American accent or what <laughs> accent that he's doing, because he it yeah. he sounds American, but then he did the there are six of you now, and like I, I don't really know what that is. But <laughs> let us know what you guys think of the Craven trailer down below. Thank you guys so much for joining us. All right, <clears throat> real quick, Last uh, I just you? really stumbled really quick on this IMDb page. Uh, yeah. The new Alien movie, it's called Alien Romulus. What a name. Wow. The Fetty Alvarez movie, what a name. I didn't even know Shout that. Shout out whoever came up with that one. Yeah. <coughs> Maybe they'll get uh, Kieran Culkin in there. That's what I was thinking. I, re- I love it whenever they're talking and uh, Logan calls him Romulus. I think that's, yeah. that's always great. <laughs> All right. So last up here. All right, last up here, we are going to take a look at the brand new trailer for Challengers, uh, which again, we have actually both already seen, but I was not anticipating reacting to this, but uh, we have not really talked about this, but mm-hmm. TJ said that he was down to react to this, and uh, as am I, I know this tra- this trailer has already kind of uh, blown up film garnered Twitter. Garnered many memes. Uh, yes, garnered many memes already, uh, but also I've been very, very much looking forward to this. It's a movie that kind of came together pretty quickly in terms of the news breaking of it. I remember just a couple months ago that they said that Josh O'Connor, uh, Michael Fe- Michael Feist, and Zendaya, obviously, Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, would be in uh, Luca Guadagnina's uh, new movie, obviously coming off of Bones and All, which I reviewed on the channel a long time ago. You can find that uh, on the channel. But uh, this is his follow-up to that film. Very, very excited uh, for this movie, but let's go ahead and just take a look at the trailer I will warn anyone in the audience or anything like that, this is very much a Red Band trailer, but let's take a look. All right, let's take a look at the brand new trailer for Challengers starring Zendaya. All right. Also, this movie looks incredibly good. Mm. I just can't. Man. What a shot. I know. The way that, like, that's such a great shot. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, hang on. Oh, uh, what happened? No I know we lost the trailer here. Oh. What the heck? Oh, yeah, I see it, like, disappearing on the thing. That's weird. Yeah. <coughs> Just gone. Yeah. One second, guys. There we go. Hmm. I don't know what weird. that was about. All right, one more time, guys. Sorry about that. Good thing I caught that. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So we are taking a look at the brand new trailer for Challengers, starring Zendaya. There we go. Man. These shots look so good. Wow. <laughs> Zendaya looks so good in this. They made her oh look so young in this. I mean, obviously yeah, I she know. is young. That's but what I was like... thinking. I thought this was a tennis movie. <laughs> Man, oh, that shot of him catching the ball is like, oh. Ooh. 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 That was an ACL. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Josh O'Connor looks so good in this. Oh, oh, the way that the camera is shooting those tennis scenes is insane. This looks so good. Wow. All right. What are your thoughts? Oh, shout out Pascal Pictures. Amy Pascal getting in on this one. Oh. Uh, I didn't even see that there. All right. What are your thoughts on this trailer? I'll let you go first because, oh, my God. Uh, I'm definitely interested. I as more interested than I was prior because I, I didn't really I, I had heard that she was, you know, in the movie, but I wasn't really like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah, like I, you I, said, for a while it was just Zendaya tennis movie. Right. Some people, you know, I see on Twitter like so finally they're allowing, you know, Zendaya to be hot. Like mm-hmm. which <laughs> in these movies. And I saw another one that was like, Somebody let Tom Holland do a movie like this. You know, we always get to oh, put in absolutely. these, you know, these movies that are Cherry. obviously, you know, he did like cherry and stuff, but those movies were bad. <laughs> uh, according to the people, I, I haven't seen it, but you know, a lot of people said it was bad. <laughs> those uh, movies were bad. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm very interested. I'll definitely check it out. It's coming out in September, which, you know, pretty mm-hmm. soon. Um, what did you think? Like, I haven't seen bones and all you, you like that one, right? Yeah. I thought it was, which fantastic. was his last movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and then he's done a few. He's done a few other ones that I th- I'm familiar. Oh, he did Call Me by Your Name. Yep. Uh, he did the Suspiria remake. So, you know, I'm definitely interested, uh, but not the movie I thought it was. Clearly, there is some sort of like <coughs> uh, battle for Zendaya, and we 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 seem to have. I'm what I'm guessing is kind of maybe a time jump. It seems maybe. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. But I'm with you though. They made her look like way younger. Like just, I think it was just yeah, like her absolutely. hair or something. I don't know what it was, but uh, yeah, definitely interested in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I I think I am absolutely interested in the movie for sure. Not even a question. I uh, when I, you know when I heard Mike Feist was going to be in it, when I heard Josh O'Connor from obviously The Crown, mm-hmm. uh, who I, I believe he won it was either the Emmy or the the Golden Globe, but I think it was the Emmy for playing obviously now King Charles uh, as Prince Charles in in uh, a couple of those earlier seasons really fantastic actor and then obviously zendaya and then once i saw bones obviously i love call me by your name but you know it's been six years at this point since that so bones and all last year really really was fantastic and i really really liked that movie a lot so i was very excited to see his his next outing here and i I just think it looks incredible i think the movie looks great but i think this trailer one of the best trailers of the year so far i think Mm -hmm. i mean just the energy of the music the shots, uh, I mean, the way that some of these shots look, just like of these, like, the nighttime, like, party scenes, it just looks like this, like, light, airy realism that looks awesome. And then the best mm-hmm. thing in the trailer to me is the way that uh, the tennis matches seem to be shot, where it's almost like, it's almost like the camera is the ball in some of the shots mm-hmm. with all these giant tilts and and the, the camera shooting at one of the actors 
th I think just looks really, really, really good. I'm very, very excited for this movie now. Uh, it's one of those trailers that just, I was excited for the movie. Now it is one of my most anticipated for the back half of the year easily. And I, I, I hope September, you know, we're getting, we're getting there to the beginnings of award seasons. Uh, and, you know, Bones and All was definitely kind of a, an October movie last year. So we'll see what happens with this one. But uh, I think it's got the potential to be really, really good. So, guys, let us know, what did you think of the brand-new trailer for Luca Guadagnino's uh, Challengers movie starring Mike Feist, Josh O'Connor, and Zendaya? And then, obviously, I feel like we haven't really talked about, obviously, Mike Feist coming off of West Side Story for Steven Spielberg. Fantastic in that movie. Really, really good. Very excited for this one. So, let us know what you guys think uh, in the comments down below. All right. So, uh, TJ, anything else you want to touch on here before we, uh, we head out? Uh, I do actually have one last thing I want to touch on, but uh, whatever you want to, whatever yeah, you got, thing, so let's go uh, for it. Last thing real quick uh, that I talked about, like, at mm -hmm. the very beginning, a uh, few people dropping out of San Diego Comic-Con this year. Right, yes. Uh, Marvel is not showing up. HBO said they were not showing up, although, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of... I don't really know how much how how big of a story HBO not showing up. Yeah, I feel like it's too close for uh, House of the Dragon footage. Yeah, and there like was it's, one it's too far out. There was one other one that said they were dropping out, but I don't remember who it was. Uh, I believe it was Universal. Universal. I, I think it was um, Universal said that they would be. I think the big. St it. I think I think the big one here is Marvel, for sure. Kind of surprising. Uh, but then again, you know they they just kind of laid out the whole groundwork a few months ago. I feel like. Uh, doing their own thing, yeah. So maybe I should. We really shouldn't be that surprised. But, you know, I think it'll just be a little bit different. You know, it'll uh, not that we're going to San Diego Comic Con or anything, but you know, usually we're looking forward to that if they have a presentation or something like that. Uh, it's nice to see, but uh, looks like we won't have that this year. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think we've seen you know kind of leading up to Infinity War, they went every single year, and then mm -hmm. kind of post Infinity War. It, it started being, oh, well, you know, we t we'll take 2019 off. And then with the pandemic, it's like, eh, there really wasn't one in 2020. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go in 2021 to get back into it. But then 2022, we'll skip. And now 2023, we'll skip. I think between D23, the Disney Investors Days, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kevin Feige showing up to a theater in Burbank to be like, we're showing you the next 10 years of Marvel. Mm -hmm. You know, who you know they, they don't really need Comic-Con anymore, to be honest. Uh, I think it's just a lot of exposure that they that is on someone else's time, not necessarily their time. You know, I think they mm -hmm. like to announce things when they like to announce things. So I'm I'm not terribly surprised. But you know, it's something. Look at what happened with E3. I mean, eventually, yeah, I think yeah. we're probably gonna. Not obviously, I don't think that San Diego Comic Con is gonna go to poof in the night. <laughs> but like, you know, I think we're gonna be seeing a scaling back of just the the to use a big word that I don't even know if it exists, the grandiosity of mm. uh, of San Diego Comic-Con of these last 10, 15 years, I think is going to, really the last like kind of 10 years, I, th I think we're going to start to see that slowly shrink where it was like, because I mean, for a while there, it's like San Diego Comic-Con was like, I would be like, when is the Game of Thrones panel going to post on YouTube? When is the Breaking Bad panel going to post on YouTube? When are mm -hmm. when is the Flash, the Arrow, the Legends of Tomorrow, the Supergirl panel? When is the Marvel panel? When is the DC panel? Like it was just crazy 
the amount of uh, panels and these big, you know, named IPs had to go to Comic-Con. I mean, it was an essential point to promote your product. And now I think we're just kind of living in a post that era. So I, I think we probably will just see a, a continual, gradual kind of kind of shrinkage, no Seinfeld pun intended, but uh, kind of a shrinkage of, of uh, you know, Comic-Con and, and the kind of big Hall H presence. Star Wars is another one. Like, Star Wars, I think, definitely doesn't need it. They, they have literally their own Star Wars celebration. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's important to Kathleen Kennedy that, you know, they they can choose when the Star Wars celebration is being held. They don't have to, you know, show up to someone else's event. Gives them more control. Gives them more kind of free reign over their own product, essentially. Speaking of E3 and everything like that, I did want to get your thoughts. I saw we got a Nintendo Direct tomorrow morning. Uh, what are you thinking? What are you expecting? Uh, nothing really huge. I would love a... There's been some kind of, you know... I feel like I've been seeing a tweet like every other day saying like, oh, the Nintendo Direct, it's coming up. And there's been, you know, some leaks, but I don't know if they're really real. It's been some of those, you know, kind of fake <coughs> assumptions. Yeah. Uh, since Tears of the Kingdom I saw something out, about a 2D Mario. Uh, maybe a 3D. I, I could see a Mario update. I don't mm. see anything Zelda just considering Tears of the Kingdom just came out. Though if they were to do something, I would be hoping for a for like a twilight princess port to the switch or wind waker port to the switch uh mm-hmm. hoping maybe there'd be something when they're with their like one more thing you know hopefully there there'd be an update with metroid prime 4 because uh, we have heard nothing about that and one very hopeful thing that i it's not going to happen but i would love it to is if they could give me some sort of gamecube catalog on the switch you know, we've mm. been going Game Boy, we got SNES, we got uh, Dreamcast, you know, give me some GameCube, please. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on here before we head out is, I don't know about you, but this is a very important thing to me, and that is, uh, oh, what the heck? Uh, and that is, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this, man, mm. the iCarly reboot, A... <laughs> That is still you, a great yeah, you show. Said you were watching, I saw you on Snapchat you were watching it. Yeah, I was watching I it today. So great I, show. That's a bit much. Well, <laughs> I'll say this. I don't think it's like a, like Succession or like yeah. Andor or like The yeah. Mandalorian or something. But like to me, I mean, I think it continues to be a better version of the original show. I think they continue to write the characters with brains – and with actual emotions and stuff that I'm constantly surprised uh, that when things happen, you know, it's not just kind of washed away. Like, there's a big moment uh, that I'll get to in a second that, well, the big headline here is uh, the end game finally I mean, happened. The promo, is that, yeah. Is, yeah, as Carly and Freddy are together, uh, finally, after, you know, however many years it's been, 15 years or something like that. But one of the things I loved about that, so me and Brianna sat down and we watched... We, we finished where we left off in season two and then we got mm. caught up with season three because I thought when I saw that news that they got together, I thought it was the season three finale. That mm. was the second episode of season three. Oh, wow. Okay. So like all of season three, it seems to be about, you know, now they're deciding whether or not they want to announce it on the show, everything like that. Like how will the fans react and stuff? So it's like interesting stuff. Like it's not just like, oh, we're together and now everything's fine. It's like, oh, we got together 
how do we tell our audience? How do we tell our extended family? You know, mm-hmm. we've been dealing with the pressure of like, why don't you two just get together already our whole lives? And like, how do you deal with that? So I thought that was interesting. Also, I thought it was really interesting that when Carl, it was, they had it be, I can't believe I'm going this deep in iCarly, but honestly, the the writing is pretty good in terms of the plot and the story. Um, sure, it's corny, just like the old show was, but, you know, that doesn't mean that it can't also be good. Like, it's Carly who is trying to confess her feelings to Freddy, um, and, and, you know, she's just kind of like, I'm ready, and he's like, you strung me along for, like, a decade. I don't know if I want to be with you, like, and, and I kind of let, and, like, genuinely, Nathan Cress's performance was, like, pretty good. And I was like, wow, for a Paramount Plus, yeah. like, Nickelodeon revival show, I was, like, getting emotional. I couldn't believe it. So, that, yeah, I just wanted to just want to throw a couple uh, thoughts on yeah, the well, Carly reboot in there. Real quick. Yeah, I, uh, me and Daniel <coughs> stopped, I'd say. We watched season one. We've watched season two, episodes one through three. We're kind of just mm-hmm. stuck. Yeah. Uh, it was kind I will of, tell you was, this. That's exactly where we fell off. Yeah. I would say you could just start with season three. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. is season two probably the worst one in your opinion? Because uh, yeah. we're, we're, we were we were struggling because Danielle was like, yeah. oh, I, you know, I kind of want to finish it. And we watched season episode three and she was like, you could just you could just turn it off. <laughs> yeah, um, I would just jump to season three. Okay. And then did you see the Zoe 102 trailer? I did. I did. Uh, did you see that? I did. I, uh, what are your thoughts? That was, you know, it was interesting. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, I I don't have, I wouldn't say I have the biggest affinity to Zoe One One. I I watched it. I watched the finale. You know, but I I, oh, I got one like question a, for you. Yeah. Are you ready? No. Uh. Ooh. But yeah, it's it looks interesting. I I literally turned it on because mm-hmm. we watched the trailer right after we caught up with with iCarly, and I was like. I will guarantee, because this one's just like a movie. It's just like a special. Mm-hmm. It's not like an actual show like iCarly. And I was like, I almost guarantee you that this is not going to seem as good as the iCarly reboot. And I don't think that it did. But I got to tell you, when I saw some people like like Logan and Gwen and, and Chase and everybody, uh, you know, I was excited. I got excited. And I, I don't think it's going to probably be as good a story as the iCarly reboot is. But... You know, I before that trailer, I was probably not even going to watch it. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, I'll probably check it out when it comes on. Seems interesting enough. Uh, I'll be excited to rejoin that. I don't know why we are getting all of this money pumped into all this stuff when, you know, Ned's Declassified is right there. They all reunion, reunited for that podcast. We need to get yeah. the Ned's Declassified going yeah. on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know what we're doing, guys. But, yeah, I think Zoe 102 looks uh looks Do you think that is like... Out. I'm trying to think, like, do you think, like, I, Nickelodeon, you see, I feel like you see it way more than with uh, mm-hmm. Disney, but, you know, is there, I guess we'll end off on this, is there a show that you would love to see get, like, a kind of rebooter type thing? Is is Ned's yours, or is it something else? Like, of yeah. that era? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I think my absolute dream one that would never happen is, like, a full-fledged like high production value wizards of waverly place like six episode disney plus show yeah i think Mm -hmm. that's like that's like the dream 
That's and I'm talking like Willow. Like I'm I'm talking like actual <laughs> sets, yeah. like full yeah. production value. But if we're just talking about like a show that I would like to see come back in the in the vein of iCarly, I think if you could find some way to to do Ned's Declassified. Although I will tell you, it's kind of a harder story to tell because it's like, you know, iCarly. Yeah, a lot of it took place in school, but most of it took place at home, mm-hmm. you know, in their apartments and stuff. So kind of bringing the show back, it was easy to just be like, well, we're at the apartments again. Mm-hmm. Ned's Declassified is like you never really saw these guys at home. So like, what are they doing outside of school? It'd be a little tougher. That's why I do think Wizards of Waverly Place, I think would be a good one because a a lot of that show took place in school, but most of it took place at home and took place. And it was about that, those siblings. And I do probably, I would say out of that era, I would say probably the best of those shows probably was Wizards of Waverly Place, like in terms of story and plot and stuff like obviously Zach and Cody is like a ton of fun and everything but in terms of like like I was like emotionally invested in like who was going to become the family wizard and like shit like that Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like Uh like I genuinely cared about that the movie and it has been a a financially viable franchise for them in the past the Wizards of Waverly Place the movie was one of the biggest Disney Channel original movies that they ever released on the channel Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then obviously Selena Gomez is a huge celebrity. I think you could do it. I th- I think you really could. So like dream reboot, I would say Wizards of Waverly Place. But yes, Ned's. I think that's who you'd have to convince. Is I think you'd have to convince Selena Gomez probably. I think she'd do Just it. In it's pro- really? Okay. I, yeah. I, I, I think she, yeah. I think she definitely would do it. In For me, it's probably I, I more of a would. time thing. Like you know, it's like I got all this other shit going on. You know, do I have time? Yeah, for that me? is fair. Yeah, <laughs> a Wizards maybe, movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe when like and also you got to remember. Only Murders in the Building is a Disney show. Correct, so, yeah. you know, she's still in the family and everything like that. So I, I think if, if if she wanted to do it and if they could mm-hmm. figure it out, I think that would be great. But like I said, I would not want to see Wizards of Waverly Place come back with the same sets and with, mm-hmm. with all that. I would want it to be like, just give us six episodes of like some epic magic shit. Like, I think that would be awesome. But yeah, guys, what uh, I don't know how we ended up here, but what what Nickelodeon, uh, Disney, maybe even you know what what animated show from Cartoon Network, maybe even you want to see Johnny Bravo come back for a a Max original, you know I don't know, but uh, Dexter's Laboratory maybe I think you could do a lot with the Cartoon Network shows as well. Uh, oh, got it. Grown up Johnny Test. What's he doing? Give me a Johnny Test Adult Swim series. That would be my Cartoon Network pick. There you go. I picked one per network. Let us know what uh, what what reboot, what you know, old school Disney Nickelodeon Cartoon Network uh, show would you want to see rebooted in this streaming day and age? Let us know that down below. Let us know what you thought of the Challengers trailer, the Craven trailer. What were your thoughts on the Flash? Try to keep it a little spoiler free if people haven't seen the movie yet. Everything like that, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that will do it for me. I have been one of your hosts, Sean Monk. And I've been the other host, TJ Cornwell. Thank you for watching. Uh, please follow us on the podcast feed. Uh, check out some of our other reactions and uh, videos on the channel. Uh, follow us on our social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. We will see you next time. Boom.